Hello, everybody. So before my guest joins me, I wanted to tell you about um, today's episode because we're doing something a little bit different and we're going to try it out as a bit of a like, what's the word? A series, an intermittent series, an irregular series. I feel like there's a better word than that, but we'll go with those. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be coaching Anna today on the podcast. So she's going to come on. She's got one question to ask. So this was inspired by someone called Rich Lidvin. Um, who my supervisor mentioned to me and he does this podcast called One Insight and he's literally just looking for one insight from people and I just thought it was a really nice idea. So we're going to sort of do a version but only ever so often. I've got a few people booked in and we'll see how it goes because I thought it'd be really nice for you as listeners to be able to see how this stuff works but also I really, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about group programs when it comes to coaching is that I love the way in which somebody else's realization, somebody else's like inner work can have such an impact on the people that witness it. I have seen over and over and over and over again, clients sort of do like go faster through their stuff because they're observing somebody get somewhere that they wouldn't have got to for possibly years, months or years without that person sharing what was going on. So someone asked the question, we chat through. Sometimes it's just me and that person. Sometimes it's more of a group thing. And the person realizes something and then someone else in the group is like, oh my God, I never realized that for me. I had no idea that's how that worked or that that was true for me too. And it's a beautiful thing of kind of this collective processing that allows us to reach parts of ourselves that without being in a community um, based program, we wouldn't do. And so I really wanted you all to get to see that. And so we've got, I've got a few people booked in and we're going to do some coaching uh, with them and see how that goes. So a little bit of a different episode. I hope you really enjoy it. Hello, everybody. So welcome to this experimental podcast episode. So I want to introduce you all to Anna briefly. So Anna and I have a lot like a lot we've known each other like nine years which is seems ridiculous so we actually met when my oldest child and Anna's youngest child were born and then we were breastfeeding counsellors to well we were actually breastfeeding volunteers first and then we we didn't train at the same time to be anyway Anna's a nurse and together we create the mindful breastfeeding school although I want to be really clear that I can claim very little (laughs) very little influence on it because we recorded the stuff do you still is that still what people get or have you re-recorded it do you know what that course is still going and people love it I sometimes get people saying oh yes I do know because I've seen your course and I'm like I'm not gonna lie it's not my biggest money maker (laughs) and I I don't really promote it that much but people love it and so and I feel really I could re-record it all but it doesn't quite feel right because it was a really fun thing to make do you remember it was a lot of fun it was it was a lot (laughs) of mistakes it took ages and we would get it so basically this the mindful breastfeeding school Anna's gone on to then train breastfeeding professionals in this idea which is where you make I think most of your money and that's what your main business but we it started off the like genesis of the idea was I was a hypnobirthing teacher and I was a lactation consultant and I was like I feel like that I think it was me I don't want to claim it like but I think I was like I feel like there's a mix and you were like I've been thinking that too Mm. and then we sort of and then Anna like really ran with it and we we recorded initial course for parents yeah how you could breastfeed 
in a way that cut like brought calm and you know kind of took those like hypnobirthing hypnotherapy ideas into into breastfeeding itself and that's where it came from so yes we recorded it in the hut in the gut your old was it like like that what would you call that that room it was like our cabin our garden cabin and it was I remember it was pretty hot it was like August so we had to have the windows open and then there was a lot of bird song and I also had a new puppy it was quite it was quite manic I have a feeling we recorded it in the summer holidays and that just seems crazy well, and we had children that we were that not all our kids were at school or anything, no. were they? So we were very much juggling stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that well. So that's kind of a, a potted history of Anna and I. And when I did a shout out for this on, I did it on my Instagram, like close friends list. I was like, does anyone want to do this? And it was such a, so basically to tell you all the story of it, my supervisor sort of challenged me to do it. She was like, why don't you do this? And I was like, that's a great idea. The very next day, I was like, let me just see if people would be interested. Thinking, like, I honestly thought people would be like, oh, I don't really want to be coached on a podcast. So many responses. Amazing. (laughs) So you're my first person, though, to do this with. You were the one that booked in earliest. So tell us a bit about where your business is at, and then we'll go into, you know, what your question is that you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, thanks, Ray. So I've been teaching the mindful breastfeeding stuff to people for four years now. So quite a long time. Well, coming up for four years, I think. Math's a bit weird, isn't it, over the last few years, but roughly four years. It was 2020. It's been successful from the word go, really. And then obviously, as the pandemic happened, it shifted online. And that that you know that year of 2020 was incredible because everybody wanted to learn online. People were like, Oh, I've got this time and space and I can do that course I've always wanted to do. And yeah, I always say it's always been easy, but up until sort of end of 2020, things have grown and grown and grown. And then last year, things stopped working. And mm. I think it's taken me about a year to kind of look at it and go, actually, I can't keep just blaming external factors on things not working. Probably about six months ago, I should have really been having this very honest conversation with myself mm. about, okay, you know, yes, it worked. It's worked for a long time, but something needs to shift and change. And I think where I'm at right now is I'm not really sure what that is. I've got some ideas, but it feels really scary. Okay. So your question, because Anna and her family are moving to South Africa in a few we are. months. Yes. So yes. your question that you said to me was, how do I keep growing my business slash sustaining my business whilst moving the family abroad? Listening to you though, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like Yes, and with the abroad, but also just generally, how do I keep yeah. growing this? Yeah, I think I think in a way the move is holding me back a little bit mm-hmm. because if we weren't about to move a family of five plus a dog plus a business to yeah. you know another continent, I'd be probably feeling like yeah, I can take this risk and that risk, and I feel a lot more like mm. I have a lot more space for it. But I'm just really conscious that we've got this huge move coming up it's already like a kind of job in itself doing all the paperwork stuff that so I have to be really careful around that um and at the same time I've got to whatever changes I make it's got to work from abroad and I mean just to say as well that the the positives around being in South Africa are that it's pretty much in the same time zone there's one or two hours time difference depending on the time of the year so I don't envisage things looking very different to my practitioners or you know on on social media might have some better Instagram red posts with some <laughs> nice beachy backgrounds but you know as far as how what I can provide to people online like I have been throughout the pandemic that should be able to change I've got an incredible assistant who you know she she she's here and she's doing a lot of stuff as well so I feel like I'm in this really fortunate position but I've, I've got this really strong sense that 
well, I know something has to shift and change. So I guess it's the two things together. What changes do I need to make my business to grow it? Because it hasn't been growing yeah. over the last six months, probably even the last year. And how can I do that whilst we move countries? So what what senses do you have? Like, so you said, I've got some ideas. Like, what are those things where either you're wondering if it's that or you're like, it's definitely partly that? So my default setting is to overcomplicate things. Okay. <laughs> I think when I, you asked me about a question yesterday, as I all said, yeah, that's really hard to have one question for me because I just, you know, I'm, I just, I'm quite a busy person. So, so I have three products essentially, uh, apart from the work I do for parents. So I, I have two courses that I teach and then I also have a coaching. And there's one particular course that what I've kind of re- not, I hadn't realized, but I've realized recently that takes up probably about 85 to 90% of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, it also takes up a lot of my wonderful assistant's time. But I f- have a sense that that course, well, first of all, I had a sense that that course needs to go or I need to drop it. But A, it's been my biggest earner all along. But I think literally in the last couple of weeks, I've realized the reason that course, um, I want to drop the course, is because it does take up so much of my time, but really it sort of steers me away from my main mission, I think. Mm. And it's not necessarily where I want to be spending my time, but dropping that course feels really scary because it has been my main source of income, what certainly per- for the last two years. What percentage of your current income does it make up? Do you know off the top of your head? No, I mean, I guess at the moment, probably about 60%, but it has been higher than that in 2020. It was, you know, more like 80. Did you feel differently about it in 2020? Yes, because it was bringing me in large sums of money. And look, I still love teaching it. I don't Mm. dislike the course, I don't dislike the people who come on it. That You know, I love it. Mm. But I just feel like it's not, where I should be spending 80% of my time which is what I'm doing now but I do feel like the people on that course require that from me as well yeah I'm not sure but then when I think about dropping it I think am I crazy because that's what's brought me in you know a good income and do you have an idea of what you would like to be focusing on more if you did drop that course yeah I'd like to be focusing on taking the mindful breastfeeding aspect to professionals people who already work in breastfeeding support really stretching it across the world too and I do have people around the world who are doing it but I really I still my understanding is there's still no other course like this you know on the planet and I just feel like I'm just not getting it out there enough I'm not sharing it as much because I don't really have the time and the Mm -hmm. capacity to you know to put because you know outreach takes time it takes persistence it takes a lot of knocking on doors and not necessarily getting a reply but I still feel like that's what I need to be doing so one of the things I'd really encourage you to do and and I'm probably not going to do it on this call because it's quite personal info but is get really clear on the numbers in Mm. your business and in your family so one of the things that people don't do enough of is we feel like we need something but we don't check if we actually like physically need it like, is it true that you can't drop that without, you know, and I don't know where your head goes. Mine often goes without living on the street afterwards because we'd have no money. Like, yeah, I mean, a year ago, I would have said that because I was the earner in our family, but our circumstances have changed. And it's more about my ego, if I'm honest, than anything else. Okay. <laughs> if well, I'm that- honest, it's about that 
you know, what does it say about me that my business isn't growing? Last year, it didn't even plateau. It, it, you know, it, it sunk. And what does yeah. that mean about who I am and where I've got to in business over, over four slash five years? It doesn't do feel you, very good. Do you feel comfortable saying like what the stories are that it says about you? Yeah, sure. It says, well, I think it's around that word success, which I absolutely hate, <laughs> but for me, you know, a successful business is one that continues to grow in income and in impact. I know that my impact is growing. And when I just focus on that, I feel really proud of myself and I feel really happy. But when it comes to the income and the fact that it's dropped in 2021, I feel a lot of shame around that, to be honest. Mm. I feel like, oh, I don't know who, like, just stuff like, who do I think I am? You know, I can. <laughs> I can do yeah. this stuff um, I look at other people and I think well they've managed to continue growing their business or maybe they've plateaued a bit but they haven't got you know just lots of little stories around not really being cut out for this mm. so I've got a couple of things to like reflect back one thing is you said so that feeling of having to hold on to this this course when mm. it used to make up you said probably 80 yeah. percent now it's making up 60 percent I wonder in a year if you continue to hold on to something that you're not feeling in alignment with, that's not pursuing your goals, if it's going to be 40%, 20%. And yet at the same time, so on one hand, we've got that piece. And on the other hand, we've got this, but if I let go of it, I'll be a bad business person because things are going to not, things aren't going well. But actually the ego led holding on to that course could be exactly what is causing the business to do what it's doing. Yeah, I think that there's probably a lot of truth in that because, you know, it's it's a course that I launch and the launches, I think, have got better and better. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, the content, how much I enjoy them, and yet the numbers haven't, just haven't been where they were at. And I know some of that is external. I know some of that is the world that we live in. I know some of it is that people are fed up with being online and fed up with learning online. Um I know that perhaps like our family, perhaps people weren't feeling the squeeze in 2020, but they're really feeling the squeeze in 21. So yes. I know that it's not, but I can't that I can't sit around and make that excuse. So I want to have a sustainable business. I need yeah. to change and adapt. Yeah. And I think in my heart of hearts, I know that that course probably isn't the right one for me to run anymore. But I also feel that that does leave like quite a big gaping hole because it has been so much of my everyday yeah. work and I wonder if you were to sit down and go right let's let's imagine I, I'm binning it it's going I've decided mm-hmm. <laughs> Anna's face for anyone because you can't see was like let's just imagine that's why I said imagine okay and then it would be well what would I put in its place and what kind of uh, because I really think that when we are going we are holding on to something from a place of scarcity because the belief is I won't be able to fill this gap I won't be able to do it like if you think of that kind of energy that you're putting into it it's like I'm carrying on this because I'm not capable of creating that money elsewhere I'm not able to find this money in another place and that is not the kind of bold you know version of yourself that I know you created that course with like, you yeah. know, that you created your whole business with. That was much more like, there's nothing like this in the world and I'm going to go out and do it. Yeah, I think that is really true. And I think, 
I think it just feels so scary and I wouldn't be starting from scratch. I've got another course that I want to grow and my smaller course that I've really kind of really neglected it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I really want to to grow that and work on it and spend my time on that. But then you get that little voice in your head. Well, like, what if, what if, you know, that also doesn't grow <laughs> the way that you want? It's just, it's that taking that leap, isn't it? And I always, I'd like use this analogy so often, but when years ago, when I was, first pregnant with Noah I didn't know I was pregnant I went skydiving and um obviously that'd be crazy to go if you knew you were pregnant <laughs> and we went up in this little plane it was so old it was like it had no doors oh my god I feel I'm not immediately. no doors had no seats apart from the pilot and oh. we were sat in the when I put it the back was and I was strapped onto my parachute man and my husband was pa- strapped onto his parachute man and I he was like you can go first I remember like gripping onto the this door that wasn't a door and I was just like so scared for my life obviously it was like my total fight flight freeze taking over yeah. going you are gonna die you're gonna die and the guy behind me who I was strapped to he just like bashed my hands down <laughs> and it was just like and then we were gone you know and it was like that sometimes when I think about my business that's how I feel and you know as you said at the beginning I'm a nurse and it would be so easy for me to just go back and just get a nursing job I love that job it's fine it's easy and it's not so stressful and I feel like that is more of a sure safe thing and I do feel like there's a bit of a safety net in this course that I'm thinking about dropping and it does feel a bit like I'm sitting on the edge of that plane and I need someone to bash my hands down but no one's going to do that because I have to do it so yeah I'm familiar with that feeling but it's just it's just it all comes down to self-belief do I really believe that by following my my instincts really that that is something that's going to make me money I know it's going to continue having impact but will it make me feel like I have an air quote successful business so I've got two thoughts on that the first one is like you don't the belief thing is really tricky it's hard to believe something before you fully take an action on it so I wonder if just slightly reframing like I've got to believe it'll be successful could be reframed in a like I'm going to take steps towards believing that and a step towards believing that would be taking action in that space in some way and you don't have to bin the whole thing and then work on this other thing you could stop mentioning it you could stop you know you could continue running it but you could you could do a more gentle transition but I want you to know that that belief can be cultivated over time it doesn't have to be a like right if you're going to do this you believe that now you have to mm. believe that now because that is a lot when when first of all there's like a whole shit show of a pandemic going on and you're moving to South Africa mm. and all the other just normal stuff going on it's a lot to like there's a lot of risk around for yeah. you even more so than and there's a lot of risk for everybody at the moment so that like I have to have this hard uh, you know foolproof belief is probably slightly unrealistic really in terms of what's actually going to happen you can have a more gentle step into that belief and gather the evidence as you go I always talk about this but Brené Brown talks about collecting marbles in a jar of like reciprocal moments of vulnerability it's something like that and you put those moments in and so you can take small steps with it and of course I can't remember what my other point was but (laughs) (laughs) but I think that that like less harsh leap might be helpful because the jumping out of a plane analogy is harsh and yeah I don't want to 
the, the fearfulness is annoying, isn't it? Yeah. It's really annoying. Yeah. You're just like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I get, you get fed up with it holding you back. Those, yeah. yeah, those, those feelings of fear and of, you know, but at the same time, you know, we are moving to a country where I don't have nursing to fall back on. So maybe that is, you know, part of it as well. Maybe this feels bigger to me than, than yeah. it would if I'm doing it here. Cause I don't have, I can't just pop down to the local hospital and go give me a job yes which you have done haven't you on and off Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah so in the past is there a point where in this business you have stepped out without the nursing thing in the background like has there been a point where you're like I don't have this this is just me doing this now yeah so I completely handed my notice in at my agency and it's been up and down like you say over the years and like, you know, we had some issues with my son's schooling. We had some school fees to pay. So I stepped up the, the work, you know, the nursing work. Um, my husband lost his job. I stepped it up and I stepped down again. But then last March, I felt like my business was in a secure enough to be able to just hand my notice in for good. And I told them never to re-employ me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't let me come back. Yeah. And so that was um, March 21. And I find it really interesting that it's from around about two months later that my business income sort of nosedived yeah, a little I'm bit. I'm nodding really hard. I'm straight away like, oh. Fortunately for me, my husband, who was made redundant, got a new job. So that was great. And that took the pressure off. But, you know, there was some months in the summer where, and without what we wanted to give everyone our life story, you know, it's because of that, this really tricky time that we had in the summer. We were like, we can't afford our house. We can't afford a mortgage. We're mm-hmm. going to have to do something different. That's when we sold our family home and we decided to move to South Africa. So mm-hmm. um, that's a very positive thing that came out of a really difficult situation. But from that moment on I've found it it's been really hard to then pick up the income of my business again and thank goodness we haven't been on the streets we have been okay but part of me thinks well you know what what's you know what would we have done I've been quite angry at myself I haven't been able to bring in the money that I want you know everything else in life I feel like I kind of go out and I push and I push and I make things happen I feel like I've always been that sort of person when it comes to my business I don't feel like I have that level of control over it uh, it feels a bit like oh one month I'll make this and one month I'll make this and it's like there's no um surety about it yeah and I find that very frustrating and that's the bit that's also scary does that play into that idea of, does that is that part of what makes you feel like it's not successful that it's not this because you mentioned success as being earning more and more and more and more and becoming more like there being growth yeah and I don't mean about I don't want to be a millionaire or anything like that but I would like you know I for a whole year I paid myself a salary of two thousand pounds that felt really great to me that mm-hmm. felt you know I felt this is my business is a really good place I can pay myself that and yeah I felt a lot of shame around the fact that I wasn't able to do that at the end of you know the second half of last year and yeah I think that's probably one of the reasons well it is definitely one of the reasons why I'm feeling so nervous about changing things even though what I'm trying to, the reason I'm changing it is because it hasn't been working <laughs> does that make sense right exactly <laughs> sounds crazy when I say it out loud <laughs> but also you know like you said it's that safety aspect like you can see these little bits of safety that have been around you going and mm. so and they they look like the nursing's no longer there 
that yeah. regular the way the business was growing and growing and growing like it was just happening that stopped happening so those those kind of and I'm sure there'll be others those like touchstones of where you can go oh I feel a bit unsafe no look I'm safe there's my evidence there's my evidence mm-hmm. that's those have shifted and so I wonder if AI would love for you to get super clear on what success means to you because it feels to me like you've got a bit of cognitive dissonance about it where on one hand you're like I don't think success is just money and making more and more and more and yet I feel unsuccessful because I'm not making enough money and making more and more and more yeah I think I know where it comes from and know that it comes and again I don't want to be blaming external factors but I know that it comes from my relationship you know with my husband that Mm. you know for me I feel like I'm trying to prove something to him in a way like a child might try to prove something to a Mm. parent if I'm completely honest that like be proud of me be proud of me and I think that's where the shame comes in where you know at the end of last year I'm saying I only paid myself you know whatever it was yeah you 100 quid this month I'm really sorry you know that's the fact of the matter and there's like nothing I can do about it and it's it's yeah it's really feels really embarrassing and yet we need like grace for those places because running your own business that is it it can I want don't want to say it is what happens because I'm I'm sure there are people it doesn't happen for but for the vast majority particularly and I've spoken to so many people from 2021 who are the same Mm. I just interviewed Katrina Young for the podcast who's brilliant and she we were talking about it and she talked about project emergence and I, can't, I think she said that on the recording, but this like uh, the, the amount of us that are in a place of trying to emerge from last year mm. and knowing that we are that those things happened, like things didn't sell as well. Like you said, everyone rushed online on 2020 and lots of us really benefited from that. And then everyone was fatigued with online. But so were we. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. were wanting I remember particularly thinking at the end of last year, like I'm like, oh, come on, everybody, like come back online. But I didn't want to be there. I was like tired with it too and feeling kind of jaded with parts of it so I think giving yourself the space to know that yes members of your family might not understand what it's like to run your business but you do yeah you know you know why this is happening you know that and actually I think you know that in holding yourself back from what you know is, is right because you're trying to prove to that person or other people that you can do it is that you're getting yourself stuck in a circle of Mm. not actually doing what you need to do Mm. yeah I think that that's definitely true that's definitely true and I don't even think it's I don't even think it's it's not that other person they're not putting pressure on me it's it's all me I'm completely honest it's also so steeped in conditioning like you know you Mm. mentioned your husband but he could just be a what's the word like almost a symbol for how we're all trying to prove to like sometimes invisible patriarchal elements that we can do this I can do this I can do this and I think the shame for women often or people that don't identify as as men the shame when we are not um running our businesses in the way that we think we should be or like seeing that external success is enormous and yet I would argue the difference is we tend to be more honest about it Mm. we tend Mm. to be more aware of it loads of people's businesses like let's look at Jamie Oliver I mean Jamie Oliver's lost millions Richard Branson started 450 companies 
Yeah. Like it's actually very normal. It's just the meaning's not attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'd love to get rid of that shame. (laughs) I'd love to move past it and just feel good about myself, whatever happens in my business month to month. And in all honesty, having this conversation, you know, financially, I'm safe to feel like that. But even if we weren't, what we have is what we have (laughs) at the end of the day. And I can either choose to feel really crap about myself Or I can choose to say, okay, well, something's not working. Let's let's make some changes. And it's just having that confidence without the absolute proof that it's going to work. Yeah. Having that confidence that if I keep following my instincts, following what it is I desire to do and find the places, like you said, where I have that enthusiasm. Yeah. Because yeah. there's still, you know, this is still what I want to do. This yeah. is still 100% what I want to do. This is still my message for the world. This is still where I want to make a difference. It's just, I think, somehow accidentally I've kind of steered away from that core mission slightly. And I wonder what would happen if you allowed yourself to feel crap about it and know you can still build a successful business. Mm. Like know that you didn't have to always feel good. Like if your business isn't making as much money as it was, of course it's annoying. Like, of course it doesn't feel good. And that can either be something that we tell ourselves is not okay, like that we need to feel good about it again and then we'll be able to do it. Or we can go, God, this feels awful. And I I do feel all these things and I know that I can move forward from this place as well. Yeah, I think it's telling myself that's, you know, there's a story around not being very good with money, not being, mm-hmm. you know, I sort of feel like I'm going back to my, that um, mm-hmm. 21 or 20, 19 year old self that spent her student loan on clothes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then had to go crawling to mom and dad and say, yeah, my rent's gone. I'm going to need some help. You know, that is just, when I think about, speaking to Paul and saying this is why I earn that much that's that exact same feeling that I went to mom and dad and said I don't have my rent you know that's it's that that's and I'd love to I'd love to shift that (laughs) what do you think 19 year old Anna needed to hear in that moment gosh that's a good question I'm so stuck in what really happened. I think what I needed to hear is the stuff that I say to my teen son now, which is like, look, you're 19. Mm. Of course, you're going to make really stupid mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is a good mistake for you, yeah. you know, and probably it would have been really good if then I'd had a bit of help with budgeting my money and stuff like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not, I'm not that 19, sounds stupid. I'm not that 19 year old person anymore. I mean, I've spoken to you about this before, you know, profit first has changed my life. I have Mm. matured with money, both me and my husband together. We've matured Mm. with money in a way that, you know, has been really, really positive over Mm. the last couple of years. But I don't know if I can say that to myself now because I'm not 19 anymore. I'm 44. And it's about time that I was a 19 year old who didn't get their needs met yeah still exists inside you looking to get their needs met yeah looking for someone to say Anna it's okay that you made a mistake you're still gonna figure this out it's okay that that's happened and while you're not 19 you are a relatively young business owner Mm -hmm. 
you've never I often think this about myself I've never run a business for this long before so there's things that we let go of accidentally in 2021 particularly and I didn't realize what an impact they'd have Mm. how was I to know so I can see the way that that 19 year old you is still there looking Mm. for someone to go hey it's fine it's fine like we've got this let's figure it out and you as did you say 44 year old you you're not are you not did you say four it's your 40th was four years ago. And I. Christ. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I am now 44. Um, yeah, you, you know, that 44-year-old yeah. you can talk to 19-year-old you just like you would to your yeah. teenager. Yeah, you're right. It's, and maybe I'm expecting, I'm definitely expecting too much from my husband, who's never owned a business or he has, but that's another story, you know, to say, it's okay, this is what businesses do. Of course, he's going to be like, oh, right, how are we going to pay for this this month then? You know, of course, he's going to say that. And perhaps it's a bit much for me, Well, it's definitely a bit much for me to expect him to, you know, be that parent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. To, to meet that need and because he's got his own stuff going on that will come up in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would love for you to think of the part of you that's that's like freaking out in these moments as that 19-year-old you and to and chat to that part when this comes up. So be like, like this is something. So to give you an example in, in my stuff, I realized a while ago, and this is all like family parts. So for everyone listening, this is like family parts therapy kind of theory and also a bit of inner child stuff. But I this is something I do with me. Like I realized that as a kid, I was given a lot more responsibility than I should have been. It's a really common thing for adults mm-hmm. to um miss un- like see like what is the intelligence as emotional maturity when Mm -hmm. it's not emotional intelligence is emotional maturity and they're two different things good I have lodged that warning in my brain for my own children so I was definitely given responsibilities and talked to about things I shouldn't really have been spoken to about as a kid and now when it comes to big responsible things and I'm the breadwinner like there's nothing what I like is what I'm like that's so responsible but I do that's my role in the family in lots of ways but I noticed myself sometimes being like, I'm not responsible enough for this. I can't have, mm. I can't do this. This is too much for me. And that's very much an anxiety thing. And so what I do now is I, and that version of me is younger than your 19 year old version, although I have, you know, 21 year old versions and all sorts going on in there. This one's sort of like maybe like nine, I think, yeah. uh, maybe a bit younger. And I'll literally like in my head, I crouch down and go, it's okay. Adult me's here. I've got this you're not the one in charge of this bit and we have that chat which I know makes me sound weird but it's backed up by science like and we have that chat and it's made it so much easier because I feel child me freaking out about the responsibility and then I can come to them very much like you're saying you do with your son like as that older person to go we've got this we know we know our resources we know where to go we're all right yeah thank you Ray. that's so true and I hadn't really I'd linked the feeling together but I hadn't considered that that might be the answer to allow those feelings of shame to be okay and then to yeah. kind of be like actually you know we have got this yeah because you can see it's so easy to do and I think it really does feed into a lot of the way coaching's talked about but you can see how it's so easy to go I'm just going to choose another feeling I'm going to I'm going to yeah be determined I'm going to believe this other thing but then what's happening is 19 year old you who needed someone to go oh Anna that must be hard you must be feeling this 
and didn't get that doesn't get it again yeah that, yeah okay cool. I cry. I knew I'd cry. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have known but I think that's probably quite a good place to stop with that thank you Ray it's so helpful and I wouldn't say I'm feeling like I've lost all my fears my worries that would be crazy but this is such a good step on that path that you're talking about the kind of the marbles I'm gonna go yeah. look it up Brene Brown yeah, I'll try um, and find it for you thank you those little steps towards yeah safe steps yeah towards something different something better and you you know you have got this I think you know you came knowing what you want to do whenever someone comes and says I really want to do this but I can't because of the money because like I always say like look at where you're making a decision mm. from is it from like this would be exciting this feels expansive or is this from I can't because like is it from scarcity and we always know doesn't mean there's not things to figure out doesn't mean you have yeah. to bin it tomorrow or anything like that but you came knowing what you want to do I would say I think you're right I think I knew I just thought maybe it was crazy but now I I, I don't think it's crazy Thanks so much, everybody, um, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this experiment and there'll be more of these to come and I will see you on the next episode.